All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and I'm excited about our next guest. Let me read a little bit about them. So, Ben, Jody, and Keely Hughes. They're actually Aussie revivalists. I love this. Based in Texas, okay? And so, they're the founders of Pour It Out Ministries, and they've been in ministry together for more than 20 years. And they relocated to the United States of America from Australia in 2017. And, and this is so cool, and I want to learn about this, but it's following an incredible season of hosting what has become to be known as the Pineapple Revival, okay, which touched thousands of lives from all over Australia and the nations. And so I want to welcome Jody to the program. Jody, welcome. Hey, good day, Todd. It's so good to be with you. So good to have you here. And I'm so thankful for what you're doing. Uh, as I read in the uh, introduction here, you're touching many lives by pouring out uh, through the presence of the Holy Spirit here in America. Why don't you give us an update? What are, what are you, what's currently going on? What you've been up to? Well, we have not stopped, as I'm sure you haven't lately. Uh, <laughs> we, we say this, pro this probably sums it up, that uh, we describe that the harvest is not just ripe, but it's desperate. And so for us in this past season, there have been more doors and more opportunities that we can possibly keep up with. And so it's really been just, you know, nutting it down to the, the main things, the main doors that God's saying, go and do this, strike the ground here, reap the harvest here. And that probably sums it up in a little nutshell. We have been constantly traveling around America in this past season, uh, whether it be tents or churches or open fields or online, uh, and just seeing God break out, seeing people desperately run to altars to be saved. And there's such an expectancy. There really is revival beginning to break out in the nation of America. And I say beginning because, I mean, I could go on and on and on. So please, Jump in wherever. No, I, what you're sharing, and my listeners know this, Jody. I mean, really, is my experience as well. So I'm so thankful that they're that you're you're basically validating what I've been telling so many people. Because you know, there are some people that don't have the same perspective. Maybe they've been, you know, more homebound and they haven't been traveling, and they just maybe they're watching the news. And uh, I call the news the modern day prophets of Baal. I mean, basically, but you know, the, the, if you watch the news for any more than like five minutes, it's pretty pretty sad. You know, it's pretty upsetting, and so. We're trying to give a different perspective because it's like, even though this stuff is happening, God is moving. And uh, as you mentioned, I believe we're on the cusp of the greatest awakening, the greatest revival in the history of the world before the Lord returns. And so right off the bat, you're sharing my experience. And this is, this is so good because we haven't talked. And yet this is what you're seeing as well. So praise God. And that's, that's what I'm excited about. That's what gives me a great hope in this hour. Now, you've been in ministry for over 20 years, you know, 20 years. Have you ever seen anything like what you're seeing now when it comes to the harvest? Yeah. Yeah, never. Uh, and my husband and I, uh, we had a church in Australia that had an outbreak, as you mentioned, called uh, the Pineapple Revival, which went on for 18 months, a little bit longer than that, which was glorious. It was amazing. Miracles sold, thousands and thousands coming. And yet, even compared to that season, what wow. we're seeing right now, we've never seen anything like it. The desperateness, and it's a word that I just keep using. There is a desperateness in people's hearts to yes. find God. Whether they can encapsulate that in words or not, their heart's cry is, I'm desperate, I need God, I need hope. And yes. there's an ease of salvation that I've never experienced. People are just getting saved. It's mm. like just just ask 
You know, I, I keep saying to people, you might get one out of 10 that isn't interested, but the other nine are right now. And so ask, just go fishing, ask people, they're desperate. And what we carry, they want. And not only that, there's an ease of healing, there's an ease of deliverance. We're seeing, uh, you know, there's some common things. We're seeing desperateness of people to get saved. We're seeing spontaneous deliverance break out yeah. like we've never seen. It just happens. Just start to worship, you gather, and, and suddenly people are being delivered. And I don't mean in quiet, nice ways. I mean God is moving, and suddenly it's like the Acts 2 deliverance starts breaking out, and you're like, what's going on? <laughs> and uh, we're seeing, we're seeing a, a rush for spontaneous baptisms. And what do I mean by that? I mean that just suddenly people feel like, I need to get baptized. They didn't come prepared. They're jumping in in their clothes. They have no towel. It's just like, baptize me. I've got to get right with God. And yes. there's also equally this uh, hunger and desperation yes. to worship God with, uh, you know, I describe it as the, um, the, the even more undignified than this. Mm. But I could also probably put it this way, that I think the church is learning what it looks down to drop nice and mm. to drop proper and get desperate. And yes. sometimes I even call it, you know, there's a revival of the old-fashioned prayer meeting. We've always prayed here, but I think revival prayer is coming back because hunger and desperation is the runway for revival, and there's a roar, there's an ugly intercession coming back out of people where literally we end up looking ugly because of the desperateness and the surprise mm. of our heart. But that's the kind of prayers that broke in and broke out and and led to the first great awakening and the second yep. great great awakening. They're the kind of prayers that broke out in Azusa and uh, the Welsh revival and the Hebrides, and it's happening here in America right now. That excites wow. me and that stirs me. Yes. What, what do you think it is that's leading to this? You know, if you were to say, like, you know, is there one thing culturally? I mean, people are hungry. I, you know, I've I've never seen the line so long. We were just in Batavia, New York, with His Glory TV. There was four hundred baptisms that just took place there. Wow. I mean, it's like double of the numbers that we've had in the past. Triple the numbers. Quadruple the numbers. I mean, the line was so long of people wanting to get baptized. What is it, you know, Jody, that you think has shifted, that's changing? Is it just people are looking at the culture and they're like, you know, God could only be the answer. There's no other answer. I mean, what is it that you think? Well, I think there's several things. But number one, I think the devil overplayed his hand. Yes. He, uh, he has been so concerned at keeping fear on people that in one sense it worked. People, you know, the, the last COVID season and everything else thrown in, you know, the, the money situation, the, the walking into a supermarket and not being able to find what you're looking for, all those things combined. And just the, the state of the nations right now, all of that combined has done something in people's hearts where I think the average person who didn't think about their mortality, they do now. Yes. They really do know that one day I die. Yes. And, you know, that, that's a, I don't know, a heavy thing to say, but yeah. actually it's truth, as we all know, and I think the average non-religious person is now going, what happens when I die? Mm. And when you look around and you can't put your 
faith or your security in anything right now, everything's shaken. The Bible talks about that. We're in the Haggai 2 season right now where everything that can be shaken is being shaken. That's right. And when that happens, the response of people, Christians as well, but imagine not knowing God right now. That's why we're seeing people so desperate and so uh, just hungry for someone to tell them there is a higher truth, there yes. is a safe place, and there is a way to be assured that even when you die, you will live forever with God. Yes. And that yes. really is resonating in the hearts of people right now. And in yes. the hearts of Christians right now, I think everyone who has an ear to hear, they can sense the seasons changed. We yes. are in the end time, whether that be one year, 100 years, 1,000 years. We're in the end times. We're in the shakings. We're in the time of the end time warrior bride. We're in a war season. And in a war season, we are in the days of the great and the terrible. What does mm. that look like? There's terrible things happening all around us. Mm. But for those who know the Lord, these are our great days. These are our greatest days. These are the days that we've been dreaming of because these are the days that have been prophesied for I don't, my entire life. I've yeah. heard prophecies about the billion soul harvest. That's probably you have taught. I've heard, yes. I've heard uh, prophecies about people laying hands on hospital walls and whole hospitals being healed. And I mean, come on, if there was a miracle we need for this generation, it's that right there. You know, yes. And I've heard those stories of uh, releasing words and entire cities. The Bible talks about cities being saved in a day, nations being saved in a day. But we've heard words about that. These are the great and terrible days. So if we take our eyes off the terrible, how about we look at the great that we're in right now? These yes. are those days and we are that generation that's going to see what has been prophesied for generation after generation after generation. We are that generation, and that excites me to no end. Yes, yes, me too. I mean, it's like, it reminds me of that, that song, These Are the Days of Elijah. You know, it's like, woo, the harvest. And, and it's just amazing uh, as we're seeing this harvest. And like the Bible says, the laborers are few, and so many people are hungry. God's calling the misfits. He's calling the prodigals. He's calling the, the least of these people that you wouldn't expect, you know, that, that, that would, you normally wouldn't see in a typical church environment, but yet here they come and we, we, you know, we have to open our arms as the body of Christ and, and, and be the church to these people. And, and so it's such a beautiful thing that we're seeing. I mean, I'm seeing former drug addicts and people that were addicted and, and, you know, all different types of things and, and just getting healed and set free and delivered. Now there, there's a, a portion of people and I call them heresy hunters. You may know some of these people, Jody, that say revival is not happening. They say, you know, this can't happen. Miracles are not happening. What would you say? Because I know you see this firsthand like I do, I, you know, tell the people, you know, what kind of miracles are you seeing? What are you seeing out there? Well, first of all, to any heresy hunters, I simply just say, all skeptics, you got to get out more because <laughs> you just got to get out more. That's right. And anyone, anyone who I hear saying revival isn't breaking out, there's no hope for America, I'm like, oh my goodness, get out of your four walls. Yes. Because everywhere you go where there are hungry people, you don't have to hope you're going to see God move. You will see God move. Right. He is moving yes. everywhere. Yes. And, and a miracle to, to answer what you're saying that, that wrecked me. Uh, I mean, gosh, there's so many of them. But, but a lady who wrecked my heart, and I've been sharing her story everywhere. It's, it's a little raw, but 
it's real. This is what we're seeing. Uh, we were in, uh, actually, I'm not going to say where. We were in Middle America somewhere. Okay. And, uh, and a lady came into a meeting. She was actually dragged into our meeting by her friend. She picked her up from the pub. And the short version of the story is that she just walked into her and saw her, you know, obviously mid-drink and said, hey, you need to come with me. There's some hope here for you. And just dragged her. So she dragged her along to church. And in the middle of our meeting, as my husband was actually uh, preaching and he was giving some words, all of a sudden we heard the shriek coming out from uh, the back of the church. And suddenly we heard people yell out, she's killing herself. She's mm. killing herself. And I ran up to see what was going on. And she literally had pulled out a box cutter and was trying to kill herself, cut her wrist in the middle of the meeting. And I'll just, I'll just be blunt. What happened was it started to set off every other person around her. One, if they were triggered with fear. Or two, if they had anything kind of demon attached in their life, that started going off. And before we know, there's like an act little commotion in the middle of the church and uh with you know i'm grabbing her i'm trying to take her up the back to give her a little bit of privacy and pray with her and uh as we get her up she's trying to literally punch me out as well mind you and i'm just being real because this is one story i'm telling you but you could multiply it out right. by the many of weight of what yep. i'm seeing there's something raw going on again yep. in our church yep. anyway cut a very long story short Within the space of about 10 minutes, God gave some very clear words for this lady's life. And uh, she went from trying to punch my lights out to receiving Jesus, receiving wow. deliverance from as her story started to be, you know, shrieking out of her of, of abuse as a child and being delivered from that and receiving healing from that. And I mean, some really raw stuff was coming out of her. Yeah. Within 10 minutes after receiving Jesus, instead of trying to punch my lights out, she's clinging on to my arms. I get emotional thinking about it. You know, her arms are wrapped around me. You know, as I would say as an Aussie, um, you know, it felt like a koala bear clinging to me. That's what it felt like. And wow. uh, she's weeping saying, oh, I can't say it without crying. She's just like, I've never felt peace like this my whole life. And, uh, you know, that story, has been hundreds of stories like that just in this last year of person after person who's been through wretched things and within a short space of time is weeping saying, I've never felt peace like this. And there's a rawness to it because the unchurched or the unbelievers yet that are coming into the presence of God, they don't understand our properness. They have not dealt with our, like, what you can say and what you can't say. So if there's an ache in their heart, they're going to tell you. And if there's something demonic manifesting, they're going to release it. And if they need to yell, shout, cry, fall on the ground, they're going to do it. They're not worried about what someone else is going to think because they're like, I came here to get healing. And I'll, I'll tell you one other story that touched me. We were standing in a muddy field in Kentucky some months ago now, and this lady saw a, a card in a cafe talking about the meetings and something stood out to her because on the uh, promo it said, do you need a miracle? Are you suicidal? Mm. And she said in her way of saying that something took over her. She got in her car, drove six hours 
Wow. How did that program even get into that cafe? I don't know. Uh, thank God for people that leave little things around, you know, the seeds of the gospel. Yes. And she drove six hours under what she says something took over. She arrives in the field. She hears, I come out if you need prayer. I walk up and pray with her. And she tells a story. I'm giving you the shortened version. Version. She goes, my fiancé killed himself last week. I've been seeing dark beings in my house. I don't know what they are, but they scare me. I don't know what to do. I've wanted to kill myself. I saw this sign. Something took over me. I got in the car. I've driven here, and I'm walking out to you. Is there hope for me? Wow. And as we stood there in the mud, I mean the mud and the sweat and the humidity, and I was a mess, and there's no prettiness. In this setting, it's just ugly, raw, and real. And praying for this lady, and again, within a few moments, manifesting and demons coming out, accepting Jesus, and standing there going, I've never felt like this. And, you know, you'll have to excuse my tears, because every time I talk about these stories, I see the people's faces again. And it's been so long since most of the church has seen that kind of stuff. Yes. That's why I can say revival. There's no hope for America. Revival's not breaking out. And I'm like, get out there and see some of this stuff. Yes. And we need to be reminded again what it looks like to be desperate and what it looks like when the power of God sends, sets people free from demons and from suicide and from abuse as a young child and what it looks like when someone desperately runs to the altar and honestly asks, is there hope for me? Can I ever feel peace? Can I feel free? It's the cry of many right now. Some just walk out to orders and say, I can't sleep. There's demons. They, they don't call them demons. There's uh, aliens or dark things or I'm scared or something's trying to steal my soul. Their words are much more real than uh, some of our language we've come up with. But what they're saying is, is Jesus enough for me? Yes, And it's the cry of America right now. And I'm telling you, and I know you know this, Todd, but for everyone who's listening, we carry what they're asking for. That's right. And some of us just need to be reminded that there's a people out there that want what we're carrying. And it's not a past season. The harvest is very, very ripe. In fact, it's desperate. And if we think about it as like it's been in past seasons, we're going to miss it. And my heart's cry, my passion, what drives my husband and I and our ministry is let's not miss this season to strike the ground. Let's not miss this season of reaping the the billions, the beginning of the billion soul harvest in America. And, And my cry also is, I often put it this way, is why, you know, people ask, why does America even need revival? It seems to be such a misunderstood word and concept and I often put it this way, there's, there's two answers to that. I'm like, well, America needs revival because America needs revival. But the nations of the world need a revived America. There yes. is no other nation like That's America. Right. America That's right. is called to release and influence the nations of the earth. And it is that hour again where God's breathing life over this nation and his call as a great revival releaser, as the great releaser of awakening that in the destiny of the core of the uh, birthing of this nation and God's breathing life over yes. again. Yes. My other answer to when people yes. say, why do we need revival? I'm like, can we just get rid of the religious construct 
And let's break it down to what it actually means. I don't want my kids. I don't want my future grandchildren. I don't want my family to grow up in an unrevived America. That's right. What about you? That's what I that's my answer to that. Do you ah. want your family to grow up in an unrevived America? Because I'm telling you what, that is not what I want for my family. And if we can spread that out over many, uh, many Christians in this nation right now, if we would actually grab a hold of that, it would change the way we fight. Yes. It would change the way we pray. It would change the way we endure through hardships and go, no matter what it costs, no matter what it takes, no matter how long I strike the ground, I will not give up because my children will grow up in a nation that is revived. My children yes. are going to grow up and know what revival and awakening looks like. They're not going to have to read about it. They will be the subject of the very books that are written in the future days. And something is starting to stir in the hearts of this nation where people are getting a hold of it and going, I will see a move of God in my nation. I will see a move of God in this season because we must, have a move of God in yes. this nation this season. Yes. And you get a hold of that, it changes everything. Yes. Woo! I feel the fire up in here. <laughs> That's the anointing right there. Let me tell you, and everything that you said, Joey, I absolutely agree 100%. And wow, what a powerful word. Um, I want to talk real quick about your book, The King's Prophetic Voice. Uh, this, this sounds very exciting. And uh, why don't you share a little bit about your book and why you wrote it? Yeah, it's my it's my latest book. My first book is The King's Decree, which uh, many people love, and it just gives real simple truths to decreeing God's truth and shifting heaven to earth. That's the short version. Yes. And my new book is a good partner with that, and that's why I mentioned it. It's The King's Prophetic Voice. But it's a message that I have carried for a long time. It's, it's loosely about how God speaks in all ways, but especially through creative and the sometimes mysterious ways, through prophetic symbolism, and through those ways that require a little bit of interpretation of going, God, what are you saying? And all of us have those uh, ways that God speaks to us, whether it be through dreams or visions or, uh, you know, sometimes people have talked about uh, they had a, a fragrance come into their room or they have an angelic encounter, whether it be yeah. a dream you know, so many multiple ways. And, and one of the ways that God has spoken to us in our life as well has been through repetitious numbers. And I'm, I'm not talking about numerology. That's from the devil. That's right. from, uh, it's demonic. That's not what I'm, I'm talking about. I just said that, about. yes. Yeah, I'm just talking about literally God bringing before people the same numbers over and over and over, like 11-11 yep. or 22-22 yep. or 8 one uh, and to the point where people are like, I'm either going crazy or this number is chasing me down. That's <laughs> <laughs> a like knock, knock, knock on people's heart of, all right, God, what are you saying? Bring it back to the book before I go too far into it down that. So you talk way. about this in your book? I do. I do. Oh, I'm so excited because I see 222 and 444 all the time. So I'm going to read this. I want to I see what you got to say. <laughs> well, well, that's part of what I talk about because honestly, there's very little biblical written with a, a biblical foundation that gives a, a pathway for people to understand how to interpret and translate when God right. is speaking in unusual ways, particularly repetitious numbers. And because it's been something in our life, 
we I just got to the point where I was I felt like if I didn't write the book I would be disobedient is the mm. bottom line because mm. God's really uh, given us a, a, a just a journey in hearing him in some of those ways and so many people when they read this book their common response is I feel seen yeah and uh, I I the thing that this book will do for you I'll talk about the numbers the thing that this book will do for you is give a very biblical and easy mentoring journey for people to take some of the more unusual ways God speaks, work out what he's saying, translate it, and then apply it to your life. Rather than miss it completely or feel like, well, that wasn't the word, or be tormented by confusion over it for the rest of your life. Right. So that's why that's why I wrote the book. Oh, I love it. With the numbers, I actually put a small little blog on our um, our uh, website probably a decade ago now because that's how long God had been speaking to us through numbers. And it just went, it went crazy all of a sudden. And it hit me how many people were seeing repetitious numbers. Yeah. But you know what also stood out to me, Todd, which is interesting is that so many of the responses that we got back through that blog and now the responses I get back through my book, a lot of them, in fact, the great majority of them are from unbelievers. And yes. so God's not just speaking in, you know, 11.11 and 22.22 to believers. He's actually knocking on the hearts of unbelievers all around the nations right now there's entire like blogs and ridiculous stuff all over Google about what 11.11 means. The, right. You know, the awakening of, a, of Nirvana or the angel numbers. Or it's all demonic. It's all rubbish. Yeah. And this book gives a biblical understanding to it. It says that repetitious numbers, this is just the short, um, the short version of an entire book. Right. Seeing repetitious numbers is no different than any other language. It's just a language that God's using. It's a simple language. And particularly with unbelievers, if they're waking up every night for three months in a row seeing 11-11, something starts to spark in their heart where they're like, what is going on? What the heck is happening in me? They start Googling. They find things online. Now they can find our article and some other things out there that are godly, that leads them to God and explains to them, this is actually God getting your attention so that he can say something to you that's important. And so you said, Todd, that you're seeing uh, 2222. Is yeah. that right? Yes, yeah. that's well, correct. Part of, part of uh, the book, let me just sum it up like this, that there is no formula, just like hearing the Lord when he's speaking to us in a still small voice, right? Uh, yes. There's principles we put in place. He'll never violate the word of God. He always expects us to uh live you know grow in character and grow in holiness right uh, yes. the ultimate key is he never says anything that violates the word of god and it's the same when he's speaking in repetitious numbers the word of god is paramount and so we must know the word of god yes when he's speaking in numbers to us we can begin to lean in and get a personal message from the lord so it will sometimes be different is the bottom line just because those numbers mean this to me. Right. doesn't mean those numbers will mean that to you or our yep. listeners. Amen. It's about having personal friendship with God and seeing what he's saying to you. That being said, there's some similarities. Just like in dream interpretation, you know, there's similarities with a rainbow, for instance. It usually ends up meaning promises 
but it can sh shift and change, right? 22-22. It usually means Isaiah 22-22, which talks about God opening doors that no man can shut. Mm. Shutting doors that no man can open. And so many people in the body of Christ, there's a bit of a, a worldwide uh, movement going on at the moment, for lack of another way of putting it. Many people are seeing 22-22 yes. because God's saying to people, the season's shifted. I have opened up a door that no man can shut, which means I'm opening up a pathway for your destiny, your call, your promises. Look for the open door right now. When you see the God door open, take it, step through and trust him that he's the one who opened it. Also trust him with the shut doors at the moment because usually when God's opening up big doors at the beginning of a new season and a, a new wineskin, a new era, which we're standing at the beginning of, there will also be some shut doors. And with that can usually come a little bit of, uh, you know, that shifting sand and that feeling of what's going on, God, and can I trust you? Should I be letting go of that and stepping right. into this? And so when we're seeing 22-22 over and over, over and over, God's speaking a, a like a personal prophetic word to us. Mm. Open up the doors. You can trust me. Step through them. Let go of the things that were not bad, but the last season. So that you can run into what I'm saying for this season. And that's yes. the short version of uh, you know 2222. Daniel 222 talks about how God reveals the deep and mysterious things. And so it's a season where God's also revealing to us revelation that we get from our desperate crying out for him. We say, God, I know there's something new, a new strategy for me in this season, a new roadmap. Would you show it to me? Because I need the new roadmap to step through the new door that you've opened up for me. Yes. Uh, that's, that's the nutshell. And there's easy ways to lean in, written in my book especially, to just, to just have a biblical foundation for it and go, this isn't just some weird thing that's happening. God's actually getting a message that's direct and personal. In fact, let me just say this. Yeah. So many people say all the time, I just wish God would, you know, I could pick up my phone and God would talk to me. Right. You know what? I, I think God actually is answering that heart cry to people because so many people that are seeing these repetitious numbers are seeing them on their phone. And I think it's God's version of saying, hello, I'm here with you right now. 22-22 again, I'm opening up the door. Look for it, my friend. You know, and 444 uh, or 44-4, as people are saying, for a long time I would wake up 444 in the morning when I was going through a really hard season and God led me. One of the things he led me to was Psalm 44-4, which talks about um, my God and my king decrees victory for Jacob. Mm. For Jacob. Now, many of us, my take on Jacob is he walked with a limp because of his pursuing of the Lord. Something marked him after his pursuing of the Lord. Yes. And I think many of us in this past season feel like I'm different after I've walked through this. I've been forged through the fire, but I'm different. I'm not the same person anymore. I'm a Jacob now. I yeah. walk with it. A mark in my heart for having walked through what we've all survived, what we've all come through. And the word saying to those of us, to me, it became a word of, you know, 444. It became a personal word of God saying, Jody, I'm your God and I'm also your king, but I'm also the victory 
decreeing king. And right now, get up, Jody. This is what I would say to myself when I'd say, get up, Jody, and decree over your life in partnership with your God and your king that there are victories ahead of you, that what you walked through didn't fool you, it didn't squash you, it didn't uh, stop you, you're still standing, you're still believing that, in fact, it's forged in you a strength and a fire and an endurance that you didn't have in the past seasons. And so stand up, Jody, and with your king, decree and shout, there are victories and breakthroughs for me that I am now well equipped for, I'm well positioned for, and I've been prepared for because of what we've come through. Yes. That's what it says to me. And so, yeah, I bless you with that too, Todd. Woo, I love it. I am fired up from this interview. Let me tell you. <laughs> this is, well, I've been writing things down over here, Jody, and the whole thing. I'm telling you. Uh, where, where can people find this book, The King's Prophetic Voice? Where can they go and find it? Because I know a lot of people are going to want to buy it right now. Yeah, well, uh, either Amazon, all places where good books are sold, or you can get it from our ministry, our website, which is pouritout.org. Awesome. Pouritout.org. Joey, we're going to have to have you back on, and we'd love to have Ben on as well. I just appreciate you. Man, you know, not everybody brings the fire like that. Let me just tell you, I, for being a vessel, for being open, for having a humble heart, a contrite heart. And uh, we're going to be following what God's doing with you guys. And thank you so much for coming on the show. We'll put all the links and everything below. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, this Jody Hughes. We'll be back with the Dodd Coconado Show. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. We just want to honor you and thank you from the bottom of our heart. You know, obviously the grace of God and his favor is on this ministry, but also your listener support is what gets us through. We are seeing win after win. I'm telling you, amazing things are happening. Uh, we are not losing this battle. We're taking back the territory for the kingdom of God. And that's why he's raising up a remnant. And this remnant is taking back this nation. And so we're doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit, by spreading truth and informing people, waking people up, getting people saved, set free, healed, delivered. But it's your listener support that allows us to do these things. And so I just want to thank you. Uh, if you have a heart to give today, you can go to toddcoconato.com slash give, toddcoconato.com slash give and help fund our efforts. We are actionable and we are not going to back down. We're not going to grow weary in doing good. We know that the Lord is with us even until the end of the age. And so we will continue to do what we do. And we just thank you again for your heart to support these efforts. May God bless you and thank you for being the remnant.